Hello, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to another episode of Hashtag Anime Talk. Sorry we're a day late, but look, we still got episode 60 out to the people. I am joined, as always, by my co-host, Mr. Chris SJE. And from what I'm seeing, he's holding up. It looks like he's past Dress Rosa. Looks like he's in the zoo. What, what, on, uh, what? Chapter chapter 805, man. The That's literally where my, book work was, uh, my bookmark was. So I'm, I'm on the back of Zao, which I did not know was going to be a living, moving island. For everybody who, you know what I'm saying, spoiler alert for oh, one yeah, piece. Oh, yeah, yeah. Hold on. Let me, what, uh, what's our guy's name? Ned, I think his name is Ned Guilford. Um, and everybody else besides Ned, who yeah, is I don't know not caught up, is. who's not caught up on One Piece. Guys in uh, Punk Hazard. I've been seeing Otaku guy post Punk Hazard shit. Y'all need to skip ahead five minutes. Just skip ahead five minutes. We're going to talk about this real quick. For everybody who's not caught up with One Piece, at least to Zoe, skip ahead. I'm I'm literally right there on, on uh fucking chapter eight oh five uh volume eighty or whatever. So if you ain't past that, you know what I'm saying? I don't know what episode that is. I don't know. I'm just, I'm just saying if you're not on Zoe, skip ahead. Like just skip ahead. Like, that, that's the lie, easiest man. way to say. But wait, let's count them down. Three, two, one. All right, we good. Yo, what'd you think of my favorite arc of One Piece? I loved it. You know what I'm saying? The I give best it, uh, arc in One Piece, bro. It is. I see. The best. I still. I still put Marine Ford over it a little bit, just because a little bit. Just kind of fuck with with what happened in Marine Ford. That shit. It stood out to me. You know what I'm saying? It had Buku, Buku. I don't know. I, I don't know what it is about me, man. I Marine Ford to me is is it is good, but it's spectacle, and it's like. I like the thing that I, that I really fuck with with One Piece, it, both in his lobby. In, in Dress Rosa, we see the gang pushed to the ultimate limits. We see them pushed to like, oh, you niggas might take a L. Like, y'all better, y'all better come through, break through. And unlike the Sabunde Archipelago, where they lost, the, both of those, they pull out in the end. They have great villains, Rob Lucci and Doflamingo, both respectively. We see Zoro have a big moment in both arcs, Pika and uh, against Kaku. We see Luffy get two, well, in uh, uh, in Eddie's lobby, he gets gear two and gear three, and then in Dress Rosa, he gets gear four. We got great Usopp moments in both. Uh, so I, I love and God uh, the Usopp, the Usopp, like the Usopp shine in this arc for sure. And the, and the only thing that you add to Dress Rosa that Eddie's lobby doesn't have is you get some law action and the fucking uh, Straw Hat Grand Fleet. I fuck with all of it. And the oh, only yeah, thing, the only thing that's like Dress Rosa that people maybe is Sanji leaves, so Sanji doesn't get a fight. You know what I mean? Like Sanji fought Doflamingo, then he dipped out to Zoe with Nami, Brook, and Chopper. But don't worry, their arc is coming right after Zoe. So you'll see all that. But would you think of Doflamingo? Would you think of Law? That you now now that you've seen this, you you have an idea of Law, the character. You have for an sure, idea for sure. of, of Dofi. You see, um basically this is the punk hazard is the start of Wano, in my opinion, because all of this is the plan to take down Kaido. And the smile fruits, the bad, all of that shit. You see Sabo in the revolutionary. Sabo gets the Marimaranomi. Shit is litty. You see Jesus Burgess doing some shady shit for Blackbeard coming in, trying to get some devil fruits for his clique. The world is expanding. So just what was your thoughts on Dress Rosa? I fucked with it. I definitely fucked with the whole beginning of Dress Rosa, the whole, um, you know, the little tournament, the little gladiator kind of tournament arc, little thing, mini arc. Uh, I love seeing the whole Usopp. At first, I didn't really like the little, uh, I forget their names. The oh, the Tantadas? Yeah, the Tantadas. I didn't really fuck with the Tantadas at first, but then I grew to love them, you know what I'm saying? And then they kind of like worship Usopp on some shit. And Usopp, 
Usopp could have bitched out. I thought Usopp was going to bitch out. I, like, lost respect for him at the end when he was about to, but then he came through in the clutch. And Not the God! Not G.O.D., He deserves all his clout, baby. you know what I'm saying? And he went from Soge <laughs> King, you know what I'm saying, Sniper King Usopp, to, to being God Usopp. So I love the fact that he's coming from this character that, like, lies and, like, I'm the God Usopp. I got 100 soldiers, you know what I'm saying? And he's now like, he I'm does, bro. Power captain, and now he's, like, he's got that clout. Like, he, his bounty is up there. His bounty's over Frank, uh, Frankie, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, and, like... like how Frankie was putting in work, bro. Frankie was doing shit. Like Frankie, what? Frankie actually whoops niggas' asses. <laughs> and bro, I read that and I watched it because I've been watching certain uh, certain parts sort of, of it. Really, just reading it. Uh, yeah, I watched a, a lot of fights. I watched a lot of the backstory between Law's backstory and Do Flamingo's backstory. I read that and watched it. I watched uh, a lot of shit go down, especially towards the end of the arc. But um, for show, for show. I love like the whole the whole Usopp the way it played out and everything how he got his bounty up and shit like that. I feel like it's I feel played that uh, Frankie's bounty didn't go up more. You know what I'm saying? But that whole bounty scene was just iconic. How fucking uh, Bartholomew was like, I need y'all to sign these bitches. You know what I'm saying? They was <laughs> yeah. like they're on Bartholomew's ship. I'm like th- just the whole ending of the the conclusion of the arc as a whole was just amazing to watch. You know what I'm saying? The Bardo Club. <laughs> that shit. It was so fun to watch them try to do the whole alliance thing because it's like, bro, that would. I'm sitting there thinking that they're about to literally seal the deal, but Luffy's like, I don't really need no fucking alliance. I'm doing what the fuck I want. And he's like, and it was like, it was like, all right, well, we're still gonna follow you because we know you don't give a fuck either way how it go. So we still just yeah, for sure, for sure. And so Zoro, they still are his like followers. It's like his like disciples. Technically, they're Zoro's followers because Zoro drank the sake. Yeah, for <laughs> sure, for sure. If we want to be honest, but Zoro says, "Nigga, this is sake." He says, "Say less." <laughs> <laughs> so okay, you fucked with Usopp, which I thought was amazing. Would you think of the Zoro getting his hockey, getting his big attack? Defeating Pika, moving his way. I didn't. I didn't the, like Pika at all. I did. I was so satisfied when Zoro, uh, Zoro finally beat him. But Pika was so annoying. Like he was yeah, killing he was. me the whole time, bro. I was like, man, kill this man, bro. He's like super fucking annoying. You feel that me? That is a fact. And the final thing I'm gonna ask is, what did you think? Because it took us nine hundred, well, seven hundred and something chapters to get to Luffy really booting up, and you get to see Gear Four for the first time. What did well, you think sure, of it? For sure, I love Gear Four. Uh, the concept of it is dope. The whole, the whole uh, aesthetic of it is dope. I like it uh, a lot compared to the other ones. Um, and at the same time, he was super strong. And uh, the fight, the fight was super iconic with him and Dofi. But the the fight with Dofi and Law stood out to me a lot too. You know what I'm saying mm. when Law did the uh, what was what was the attack Law has the, the, the uh, gamma attack. knife, gamma knife. You feel me? Because I know. I know they they get on my ass for it. You know what I'm saying? I know I know you gonna be mad at me, but I've been playing Jump Force, and they give you the DLC characters with the new the uh, Switch Jump Force. And I've been playing this law a lot, and Look. Gamma Knife is like my most used attack. I think on my my created character, I got the Gamma Knife as my special attack right now. If you wanna lose money, then go ahead, my friend. I'm not stopping <laughs> you. Go do your thing if it makes you happy. Funny enough, I downloaded, I re-downloaded it to my PlayStation just to see. Am I tripping? I played it for like two rounds and I was like, yeah. <laughs> Man, see, I, I was playing it the other day, bro, and they had like a whole, because Todoroki's a part of the new uh, DLC. They had Todoroki in there and it was like a, a part of the, the the missions or whatever. And it's like Yusuke and Todoroki had like a weird altercation. And then they had to scrap, you know what I'm saying? I'm sitting there like, man, only in Jump Force will you get Yusuke versus Todoroki and just banter between them. It was just, I felt, 
I felt like it was worth it, especially I wish I wouldn't have bought it for the PS4 just waiting for the Switch <laughs> drop because the Switch drop, it dropped with the DLC. So you get all the characters that they were taxing for. Like when we bought the Ultimate Edition for Huncho, it came with the DLC characters. Yeah, it did. But uh, if you didn't buy that, you had to cop the DLC characters. With this one, you just cop it. It comes with the DLC characters already. Um, and uh, it wasn't extra. It was just like $40, I want to say. 40 or $50. Like, it was less than the 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 PS4 game. So I wish I would have just waited around. Next time this kind of game drops, I'm not going to be copping for PS4. I will be waiting until the Switch drops because it's going to be cheaper. and it's gonna So have are you just officially a Switch gamer now? I think so, man. Like I, the, the last game, the only times I get on the PS4, and this is very rare when I get on the PS4, but uh, I got on the PS4 recently to play um, J Stars Victory VS to see. I always compare Victory VS that to game's uh, Jump, amazing. Uh, Jump Force, and I love it. I wish we would get a Jump Force Victory VS fusion kind of game, but that's wishing a lot from Bandai. But uh, they keep milking ass. Jump Force like. The, my best hope is that they keep milking Jump Force and giving us DLC characters every once in a while. Like whenever, uh, whenever the Chainsaw uh, Chainsaw Man anime and Jujutsu Kaisen oh, drops, see, we wait. get them. We get you, Tanjiro. I, you, my my guy still got big hopes for them thing, bro. If we we not getting Chainsaw Man and JJK if we don't have Demon Slayer. Like, but that's, that's what I'm saying. Tanjiro got to be next rollout. Like the next rollout has to be. And the I don't even game. see. And I don't even see that happening right now because they just. They, they're putting out uh, I hope the new Yu Yu Hakusho characters either Hiei or Kuwabara or somebody I'm but sure they, it's gonna be hey, uh, Hiei for sure they're still putting out like DLC characters that were supposed to be part of the original game the only character that they've dropped that really impressed me was Merrim that's the one where I was like okay didn't see this coming that was one where I was like this is a good surprise but it's also should have been like Maybe y'all should have did P2 instead of Bisky. I, I, I'm still on that wave. But at least we got Marrow That's the only thing that shocked me. Everything else was like, Madara was supposed to be in the OG game. Law was supposed to be in the OG game. Yeah. Like, but see, that's the thing. When you cop it for Switch, all that just comes with it. Like, it just, it, like, it, for the people who didn't cop it for the PS4 and who just cop it for the Switch, you get in the, the A1 game. Because you the villains are playable. You can play as the villains. You can play as all the DLC characters from All Might to Law. You don't have to, like, unlock them or nothing like that. So you get you get more than... Like, right now, what I got is more than what I had. I don't think I downloaded... I stopped playing with, like, All Might, Bisky, and Kaiba. I didn't play as none of the other DLC after. So I didn't get to play as Madara. I didn't get to play as... uh Who was it? Grimjile. Yeah. Uh, Law. And I, I was just playing for them for the first time. Playing as them uh, for the first time on the Switch. And that's how, like, it, it, I was just so happy I copped it at that point in time, too, because I just finished Dress Rosa. And I'm like, Law is my nigga right now. Because, like, he got his shit rocked a lot in Dress Rosa. That's the only problem I had with him. He did not catch no Ws. And he was just coming off of Punk Hazard and shit. The most, he, he did, some, he did the, the most badass shit I've seen thus far in One Piece. Uh, oh, since. he cut that mountain? Well, no, I'm just saying, like, how he, he low-key called fucking Dofi's hand, set him up, like, had, oh, made him, man. like, get rid of his shit. And that was just like badass to see. And then all of a sudden you get to dress Rosa and it fucks everything up. Like he, all his plans go to shit. He gets his ass whooped. He can't do nothing really. He tries and he does do some integral shit to the plot, to the plot or whatever. But Luffy takes the W at the end of the day, which is rightfully so. It's Luffy. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, you, know, sure. you knew I, what was going to happen. See, man, this, seeing everything with Law, Law is a D in his own right. He's, he's his own captain. But there's a part of me that wishes Law was a straw hat. There's a part of me that's for like, sure, bro, sure. you should definitely be a straw hat. But I'm okay with the relationship if they have a Gold Roger Whitebeard relationship where mm-hmm. they're like homies. They, they 
I don't, but see where Whitebeard and Gold Roger, Roger fought. I don't think I'll see, we'll ever see Law and Luffy fight because Law, Law knows the deal. Like Law, Law knows. Yeah, they gang, bro. Like, like they, they cool now. Like y'all are just associates. Whereas I think we'll see Eustace Captain Kid and Luffy be more of the fighting like rivals where Law and Luffy is just like, all right, y'all, y'all are cool. People, people think some things are going to happen with Law coming up, but we're not talking about that. Let's get in. Well, cause I, I don't want to spoil anything till you get caught up, but we're so <laughs> close. We are so close and the people are asking for us to do one piece content. So that's coming soon enough, but let's get into today's show. So Crunchyroll has put out the trailer for their new web tune. That's going to take over for the fall season right after God of high school starts. Parts. It is no bleeds, and no bleeds to me just look like the vampire mafia anime, and I kind of, I kind of dig it. I kind of dug it. It's straight up two D animation, like classic two D animation. It's these vampires look like they got all these powers. They're toting pistols. They got mafia looking niggas. I don't really know too much about it, but it looks cool from the trailer. I'd watch it. Chris, what'd you think of the no bleeds trailer? I'm definitely gonna peep it because I'm, uh, I'm Crunchyroll strong right now. Like I, I got my Crunchyroll up. You know what I'm saying? I've been watching nothing but like fucking literally the shit that we watching. Like God of High School, uh, Tower of God, all the like Crunchyroll exclusive. Every time they drop one, I'm here for it because they haven't really missed so far. They haven't you know missed saying? yet. No. And okay, so the plot, Noblees is about a powerful noble, Caddis uh, DiRazio, who has been asleep for 800 years, uh, 820 years with no knowledge of mankind's advancement. At the start of the web, Toon Rai wakes up in an abandoned building in South Korea, starts to get used to the modern world. He goes to school where he u- reunites with his loyal servant, Frankenstein. With Frankenstein's help, Ryan rolls into high school, inadvertently befriending an athletic, uh, athletic teenager, a computer geek, and a girl by the name of Yuna, and a few others. Noblees follows the group, uh, Dangerous Adventures, while battling against a secret organization, while uncovering rise past so yeah like monster and vampire mafia type shit dudes in high school i got to dig it i can get down with it it looked yeah, cool definitely we'll give it a shot for sure for sure and then look if it's good that'll be on the rotation with jjk for the fall funny enough all these things are just lining up real quick before we get to new stuff i gotta oh i'll wait for the discussion i'll just wait for the discussion to, to bring that up because that's some of the stuff i've been watching but the next up when we could talk about the uh manga as well we got the burn the witch trailer tight tight kubo sensei's new work into shonen jump what do you think of the trailer and what's your thoughts of on burn the witch so far i love the trailer i read uh the one shot and then i read the first chapter i have not read the second chapter yet i okay. know it's out but uh I just been kind of reading a lot. I've been reading all all type of random shit, but uh, at the same time, I love the characters. I love Noel. I love Nini. You know what I'm yeah, saying? Yeah, Nini, Nini's probably my favorite right now. Balgo, I love Balgo. They all like some dope ass characters in their own right. You feel me? And I love the world and how it could possibly take place in you know the same. Uh, oh, it, it not it not could it does. But you, you know how like sometimes you'll get like a spinoff and you'll question if it like. Oh you know, yeah, yeah. It like it feels like they're not. It's it's some different shit. It's like some complete different, different area. I love how it takes place in like reverse London or whatever. I love how you're getting the lore of the the Bleach world and just this whole universe that Kubo's bringing about. You know what I'm saying? Like, and that's why for me, I kind of want it because we find out that this first we thought it was gonna be an anime, then we thought it was gonna be an OVA, then it was a movie. It's kind of like a mixture of a movie and an OVA, and it's mm-hmm. only gonna be doing the four chapters of the limited run. I want Kubo to expand the run. Like, 
I really am enthralled to these characters. And then in chapter one, when you show us the uh, leaders of like the reverse London sect or the Western branch of, uh, I guess, quote unquote, the Soul Society, and, and you basically show us the rival Gote 13 with the with the top heads of all the different branches, like Roy B. Dipper and all those in like uh, Brago, whatever, the blue haired dude and the old man, like and Harry Hilk, the dude blowing his bubble. Like, I want to see all of that. Like, I want to know you can't just inter- inter- introduce these cool ass character designs and just drop it off. I really hope they give Kubo a, a full like series long uh, thing. But I think that'll be up to how much we as the fans support it. And that's something that's where we saw with Kishimoto, they gave him the full fledge and they realized that fans didn't support it. So they had to cut it. I think with Kubo, they're going to test the numbers based upon this. And if the numbers do well, I could see him getting one because there's no way you introduce all this and not have a plan. And see, like, imagine, imagine, you know, Kishimoto didn't do well. You know what I'm saying? Kishimoto was going to full uh, volume. I think there's like five to six volumes of Samurai 8 out. Something like mistaken. that. But, uh, you know, they got he got the short run. He got the snip. You would you hate to see it. You hate to see Kishi get the, uh, the snip. But um, at the same time, they're like, let's not give him a full manga. Let's give him like a quick, you know, re- like people going to be excited to see Kubo back. Let's see what it does before we commit to anything. So it's like four yeah. chapters. Because at first it was like one shot. And after the one shot, it's like four chapters. And after the four chapters, you know what I'm saying, we getting the, we getting the anime adaptation. Uh, I'm sitting there hoping, you know, me being just fanboy Chris, you know what I'm saying? I would love to see uh, at the end of this four chapter run, at the end of this OVA movie type deal, you get something kind of like a teaser to be like, ah, does this connect to the Bleach world? No, maybe. And it's like something where it's not concrete, but it like kind of teases at something. And then he does kind of end it and it ties up with these four chapters and this one OVA well, ties shit, up to in, be its own thing in chapter and starts one, something it, new. In chapter one, it says like on the, on the, one of the bricks, it's like the Western branch of the Soul Society and it shows like the fucking graphic or like the emblem of the eastern branch which is the, which is the japan shinigami branch that we know so like this shit see, is I'm su- looking at this like super tight. i'm looking at it to be like you got bleach as the main series and you got this to kind of the spinoff and it just kind of shows you what's going on in the uk right yeah so he has one like imagine another one drops later and it like highlights what's going on in america and maybe another country or whatever and you get like these little one-off spinoffs all for them to like be lightly connected to bleach each like each one building his own like MCU of what I'm trying yeah. to get at. You know what I'm saying? Like you, you see all these other um multi not multiverses, but all these other side stories get opened up. And then at the end you bring it all back and you connect them all and make it a big thing. Like to where the big world, you get all the the big main characters. I feel like that would be be pretty dope. And I hope that's what Kubo is leading up to, but it might just be some experimental shit. You know what I'm saying? You know Either how- way, whether they do that or they just expand Burn the Witch, I'm here for it because we always say this out of the big three, Kubo can do character designs and these characters look absolutely amazing. Like shout out to my guy, Roy B. Dipper, black dude looking all suave as hell with his suit on, looking like a like a million bucks. And my guy, Harry, Harry Hewlett, the, the blonde haired Brit looking like a Beatle member blowing his bubble. Like these characters just look so dope. And I, I'm invested in Burn the Witch. I'm, bro, I read both chapters and, they, and, they, and they're fucking good. The dragons look fucking dope as hell too. Yes, like they the do. design for the dragons, uh, all the, the different designs. That was one of the first things that in, uh, enthralled me about the, the one shot you see all like whenever they first introduced like dragons come in different forms and then they showed a bunch of them on one page i was like oh or like a spread i was like what the fuck is going on so we re- this is really about to be a dragon anime like yeah it's called burn the witch but it's on some dragon shit 
Magic I, Dragon, I all, that, all that shit. So I'm I'm into it. Can't wait till we get the Burn the Witch movie. Next up, the final news story we have is Crunchyroll has announced a new membership tiers for its streaming service. The website will have four tiers in the United States. These tiers are free, fan, mega fan, and ultimate fan. So this is what you get with each tier. So, okay, so with the fan tier that costs $7.99, uh, a similar price to the what we normally pay right now uh, to the current premium membership. This tier has no advertisements. All the new simulcast uh, episodes will be available. And yeah, it's basically the same thing you have now. Okay, so then the mega fan tier for $9.99 includes everything you already have if you pay for premium. Then you get offline viewing and four, and access to four streams going at one time. The next thing you have is uh, members will also be able to get a $15 discount off of any per, $100 purchase from the Country Roll store every three months. The next one is the ultimate fan tier for $14.99. It will include everything that you already have plus the mega tier. And then you'll get offline viewing and you'll get six streams at once. You'll get a $25 off of a $100 purchase every three months as the Crunchyroll store. And then you'll get like exclusive member-only merchandise sent to your house and like swag bags and whatnot. I don't know if this is enticing enough for me to get more than the premium t- to to leave my VRV account. I don't know. I, I don't know. Now, see, I got uh, I got the premium tier, but I, I get my VRV through Crunchyroll. So I, I'm, I'm like signed up through Crunchyroll. I got my VRV. I got my Crunchyroll. The only thing that sounds enticing to me is the fifteen dollars off every hundred dollar purchase every once in a while. Yeah, and I'm not. I'm not a ball of haul. Like I don't make hundred dollar purchases from country uh from Crunchyroll every week or so. But um, I do shop with Crunchyroll. Like, I, I bought that $60 bag. Excuse me. I bought a few things from Crunchyroll. I bought, like, some uh, some Gundams. I bought a bunch of, of Gundam figures. Uh, like, you know, some, like, the, the model Gundams or whatever. But it was the yeah. SD ones. And I bought a few of those off of Crunchyroll. And if they knock $15 every three months, you knock down $15 off $100, <laughs> that might entice me to buy a $100 purchase. Because I might... I cop a few things that's like like sixty. You know what I'm saying maybe forty, whatever. Cop a couple manga uh, volumes or whatever. So if it adds up to hundred, they knock fifteen dollars off. I'm with the sales. You feel me? Especially if it comes with the offline viewing because um, a lot of like whenever we had this hurricane, you know, last mm. week, uh, the power was out. So I said I had my my portable chargers all charged, so I could have my phone charged forever just in case the power goes out. I had my laptop fully charged, which is gonna last like a, a few laptops charged, so I could just switch alternate between laptops. So what I did was I downloaded a bunch of manga on the Shonen Jump app, so I could just read even offline. Because if the mm. power goes out, the Wi-Fi shuts down, I'm gonna need to be able to read something. So I downloaded Jujutsu Kaisen, Chainsaw Man, caught all the way up in Chainsaw Man uh, over the, the the course of those two or three days. But I had a lot of shit just downloaded, so that 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 does come in handy sometimes having the offline view. You feel me? The only thing about that is whenever it's saved to your device, that shit could add up as far as space. So you're not going to oh, be able yeah. to save the whole Crunchyroll. Uh, library, no. Yeah, library. So you have to kind of pick your pick and choose what you would want to watch in the cases of that. So, and I guess like, what is it like, you know, whenever you go on these uh, flights and you can't use... Uh, Wi-Fi. A lot of time, yeah, a lot of time they'll but have a lot Wi-Fi of new, but flights, Yeah, but a lot, yeah. Not, a lot of new uh, flights do have Wi-Fi. So, I mean, look... For some people, it may work for them, like if you're a big Crunchyroll spender. But as for me, the guy who just uses Crunchyroll as a streaming service, I'm good with what I got. I don't need to pay any extra. Like if I'm if I'm gonna order something, I'll just 
I'll just go on Amazon or some shit, get it, get it for the super low or something. But, you know, let, letting the people out there know what's up. But bef- uh, that's all the news we have this week. We're going to get into discussion. After our discussion, we have an interview with the cosplayer by the name of Ninja Yo-Yo. Super, super dope. She comes and talks about everything about cosplaying, how you get into it, uh, the price range, uh, branding yourself if you're a cosplayer, the whole business behind cosplaying. And just it's it's a really 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 dope interview, and I'm really excited because we're gonna make some future content with Ninja Yo Yo. She's she's super super dope. So we get into that. But before we do that, me and Chris just wanted to talk about some of the things we've been watching, reading, talk about some of the the better spinoff mangas. Just just a quick little discussion. I gotta say, on Netflix, there's this anime called The Great Pretender. It's pretty fucking good. It is pretty damn good. It's about this guy who thinks he's the best con man in Japan. Then he meets this guy from France and who, who is the probably one of the biggest con men in the world. And they go to America and they con, the whole deal is to con this mafia boss to make him think he's buying drugs. And he ends up buying candy from him. The FBI is after him. The mafia is after him. Shit's crazy. It. it it falls in line of my type of storytelling that I like where it's real world aspect. Super, super dope. Just want to recommend everybody the great pretender. Chris, you said you've been reading Chainsaw Man. Caught up. Don't don't spoil anything because I'm like, but I'm behind. But oh, that's all it. I got to say is uh, I'm not going to spoil nothing, but I will say for, for those who have not started Chainsaw Man, have not made the decision to start it, don't know if it's good, don't know if they want to watch it, I will tell you or uh, read it. I would tell you it's definitely one of the best manga I've I've read in a long time. Like it's in my top, I want to say even top five Shonen Jump, like not all time, but especially running right now, it's definitely broken into my top five Shonen Jump. And uh, don't watch it unless you want to be scarred because this shit will scar you emotionally and mentally because it's, it's just fucked up. You know what I'm saying? Everything that, like everything that happens in here, it, uh, uh, it's just emotional, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, it's very sad. It, it took me on a roller coaster of emotions from the beginning, and then by the time you get to the end, you're like, "Oh my god!" Because they give you a bunch of ups and downs. They give you a lot of exposition and shit like that. Uh, I just love this kind of this kind of style coming out of Shonen Jump because it's very adult. It's very uh, graphic, um, and you know, it's very deep. It's, it's not your your typical happy go lucky Shonen uh, plot. You feel me? And uh, we need more content like this. So. Uh, I definitely got to recommend Chainsaw, uh, Chainsaw Man anybody anybody that reads manga. But I feel like you've been on this way too. But the Kaiju number eight, another that's, one. That's my jam. That is my another jam. One. Speaking of that, we put out a video, five reasons why you should be reading Kaiju number eight. That's on the YouTube right now. Super, super dope. That's going to lead into us reviewing Kaiju number eight every every week when it drops. The new drop will be in like two days. So we'll have a new video out about that in two days. But that manga is great. Not to step on the video that we have already out, but like the yeah, fact sure, that sure. the fact that Kafka is 32 years old and has failed at his dream of being joining the defense force. And we see this as a second chance of him trying to live out his dream. That entices me because it's like it's not following this high school student that thinks he can do it. It's not following this young kid that's like, oh, yeah, I have the spunk. I can do this. I'm this I'm this I'm this badass main character. No, it follows this man who has lost for all intents and purposes. He has lost <laughs> and has fucking taken L's in his life and is a loser. Like, let's, let's just call a spade a spade. He is a loser. But 
he has the heart of a champion. <laughs> like, right. he, 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 he finds like, yo, man, I shouldn't have given up on myself. And it's about not giving up on your dreams. And I really love it. I love the aesthetic of it. I love, love the, the fucking, the, the, the way the defense force looks in their exosuits and all the different guns and shit. Like, nah, Kaiju number eight ha- has potential to be something special for Shonen Jump. Another thing, got to give you props. You put me on it. I'm I'm so deep. I'm almost caught up. Eden Zero, man. And this leads into man. like good spin-off manga, like how uh seeing mangaka after their premiere work go and do something ne- next, can they succeed? And we saw with Kish Kishi didn't succeed where Tai Kubo's attempting it right now and Mashima Mashima kind of succeed. No, let me not even say kind of. Mashima kind of blew it out the water. Like, I think so. I think we'll see that when the anime drops. Eden Zero to me, I like more than Fairy Tale. Like oh, one thousand percent. I think it's uh, twice as good as Fairy Tale in every aspect that Fairy Tale covered. Which I love Fairy Tale. The ex- like it was very. I always say Fairy Tale gets a lot of unnecessary hate in the community because it's not top tier. But if we don't hate on Dragon Ball, we can't hate on Fairy Tale because they're both just very lighthearted stories that don't take themselves seriously. Uh, yeah. Focus on action, focus on comedy, focus on etchy. You know what I'm saying? And it's just you buy it for the the the, the original, you know what I'm saying, unique character designs, unique world building, and uh the, the characters. You love the characters and you love the uh Mashima's writing style, you love Toriyama's writing style. But I feel like Eden Zero hit everything that uh Fairy Tale hit except a little bit more polished. A little more uh, mature story. Definitely a little bit more mature. Storytelling it like yes, it's still about the power of friendship, but it just seems a tighter story. It seems like a more intriguing story with the different uh witches of the Eden Zero, the different like his different uh sabers or his different like hermit, the uh the queen, um Homer's uh master, just the different people that are involved. I love the crew. I love Professor Weiss. Not going to get too much into that cuz that that's a whole story beating itself. But, like, everything about Eden Zero, we're going to make an Eden Zero video very soon. I should be caught up by the end of the week. So you should expect an Eden Zero sometime video sometime next week. But I'm hyped, man. I love this story. I'm, I'm just so ready for the animated drop because then I can really get a grasp of how the fairytale fans react to it. Uh, because I've been a Mashima fan since I was a kid. And my mom used to take me to Barnes & Noble Books a Million. Read and, Maze um, Runner. Or Maze, whatever uh, it is. Wave uh, Runner. Rave Master. Rave Master, that's what it is. I was reading the fuck out of Rave Master when I was a kid, and that was just, the whole art style enticed me because, you know, if you know anything about Toriyama, you know anything about Kubo, um, you know, they have these signature, you know, signature art styles for character designs, and Mashima has one of the most easily, like, I could tell if Mashima drew it. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, facts. That, that, it's very similar to Oda, but it's you, it's different in so many different ways. I, you could tell he drew influence, influence from him, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Uh, in his art style. But definitely, uh, everything Mashima touches, I love it. Like, even the Mashima Heroes, uh, or Hero, yeah, because his name is Hero Mashima, but the Mashima Heroes anime, where it's a crossover of all three, it's like uh, Eden Zero mixed with Rave Master, mixed with Fairy Tale. Gas Pack, I read all 12 chapters. I'm, I'm pre-ordered the fucking hard copy. I'm itching for that shit to drop. We need an anime OVA of that as well, because we got the Rave Master uh, Fairy Tale one, but I'm just hyped for the Eden Zero hype to come. Yeah, no, I'm excited for that. I'm super, super excited for that. I'm trying to think of some other stuff that I've been reading and watching. Undead Unluck, of course, video coming for that soon. Spy Family video coming very, very soon. It's probably the next video I'm going to make. I'm about to read that one too soon. Like Spy Family's next up on my read list. And and Spy Family's great just because it, 
again with Shonen Jump, I think what's making some of these, some of these greatness, uh, some of these new things stand out is that they're so different from the typical approach. And we said this last year, just I'm sick of demons. I'm sick of magic. I'm sick of demon hunters. I'm sick of Shinigami. I'm sick. I'm sick of all that shit. And the thing that like Kaiju number eight, Chainsaw Man, even Jujutsu Kaisen to an extent, uh, burn, the witch. burn the Witch, Spy Family, they're all different. And Spy Family focus in on this spy whose mission is to make a, a surrogate family to infiltrate this school to take down one of the nation's top, like, corrupt government like em, uh, employees and it's and it's nuts he partners with this assassin to be the mom figure and then they have this telekinetic kid who is like a science experiment and she has to go level up in school so they can make bureaucratic moves as a family thus this is his mission the whole time shit is insane like that is such an interesting concept to put in shonen jump I absolutely love it. And video, like I said, video coming soon. Between that kaiju number eight, JJK, uh, Chainsaw Man, Shonen Jump's in good hands. And of course, my hero's killing it. Like, we're in a war arc right now. Shit, some sad shit just popped off. Like, gosh, you know, love be to catching the, up on my hero soon. Love to the God. That's all I'm going to say. Love to the God. Like, I seen you know, it taking over. I seen that shit in Japan where they had the whole my hero like promotion in the walls. I was like, that shit's hard. No, but look, my hero is on one right now. So what anything else you've been watching, reading that that you want to discuss? Just some random shit like all over the place. Like I've been reading uh I've been reading um I've been really watching something called Twin what is it? Twin Exorcist? Twin something? Mm, I know I know what that is. And that shit's kind of cool. It's it's nothing too special. I'm on like episode 3 or 4. I've been watching of course like, you know, uh Rent a Girlfriend, which I feel like is a really good really good like kind of it's it's random as fuck crazy crazy it's not what you think it is you know what i'm saying it kind of is but it kind of ain't like if you watch it it got a lot of heart to it and it's definitely um game changing in its own genre it's doing some shit that i haven't seen get done before in anime so i'm uh i'm hyped to see how that uh, hell yeah first pushing out of that shit first roll is pushing rent a girlfriend right now like that's everywhere i think if i scroll to the top of crunchy roll right now it's probably had the the banner on the top either that or god of high school one but, of them uh, matter of fact we were talking about uh, we were talking about like spinoffs and shit too. I was reading uh, Kubo's original like before Bleach Zombie Powder. That shit is gas, and I wish it would have never got canceled. Apparently, it got the axe from Shonen Jump. It must have. The only the only reason I'm thinking it got the axe is because it must have been going up against some gas. Like that must have been around the time when Hunter Hunter and Naruto was getting started or something, some shit like that. Because Zombie Powder was hard. I don't know how after 26 chapters you could chop something like that because it looked like it was going... The main character is hard, you know what I'm saying? I that's like, could... uh, um, shit. That's like Hirokoshi's, like, pre-shit, like, barrage and, and all his his pre-stuff that he did before My Hero. All Some some of those shits is super, super gas. So... And I was putting that on my uh, my, my read list. On like, like, last night I was uh updating my My Anime list and that one is one I put in the plan to read because I was like, what the fuck? Uh... Horikoshi got other shit besides my hero. As a matter of fact, you know how at the end of each chapter of Shonen Jump, um, I don't know if it's uh Yanko, I don't know who posts it, but I know somebody posts the uh the last page of Shonen Jump and translates it for Twitter, and it's always like the mangaka's comments mm-hmm. uh, each week. 
And uh, Hori Koshi had said something one of the past few weeks about one of his prior uh, works. And I was like, wait, you have prior published works? Yeah. So I'm like diving into that. I'm a big stan of like Soul Leader and Fire Force and like looking at them too. And then like Hunter Hunter and Yu Yu Hakusho. So I love seeing Mangaka's other works. Like Oda, you look at Oda's pre-One Piece shit and it's all just different manga that's prototypes of One Piece. Yeah, it's like just Romance Dawn and it's just everything leading up to what will eventually come. It's going to be interesting if when he finishes if he's going to do something else. I don't know if he will because like it's going to be hard. Like, and it's crazy because Bleak, we're talking about Taikubo doing it. We're talking about Okubo with uh, Soul Leader doing it with Fire Force. One Piece is different, though, man. It's 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 gone on for so long, and for Oda to start something new, it's like people would automatically expect a whole another thousand plus chapters, and like Oda can't do that again, bro. Like, there's no, no way. Oda's not about to drop another like. I feel like it's One Piece forever. Anything that comes out of Oda, he would, uh, he would go into his like 60s and 80s doing that. Like, there's no way. There's no fucking. I way. just see nothing but endless One Piece like spinoff backstories. Shit Speaking like of that, that you know shit, uh, we're about to get a spinoff that I I have been not I have been not reading the novel on purpose, but Boichi, who I am a fan of all his other work, like more so oh, than uh sure. more so than what he does with Doctor Stone, like Wallman, Sunken Rock. That that's my Boichi bag, but Boichi's about to do the uh the light. He's he's turning the Ace Light novel into a manga, and that's about to drop. And I'm super super excited for that. Same, I'm getting a I'm, like whenever that drops, I'm copping a hard copy because I need that on my shelf. And I'm that's already probably love, one I do too. Like the the Zoro uh the Zoro chapter he did great. Like from, it was like a, it was an early One the, Piece chapter. Yeah, the Mihawk is the Mihawk battle. And that shit was gas packed. I just love Boichi's art style. He's he's raw with it. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, Boichi's somebody who's his his other work is probably better than the work that you know him for. If I'm man, being speaking honest. of speaking of Boichi, do and this is kind of random. I wouldn't even think about this when uh, we were uh, talking about this earlier. But uh, speaking of spinoffs, where like Boichi does One Piece, guess who else did a One Piece spinoff? And I rated that who. Day. Food Wars. I forget the uh author. Oh, food. the Sanji one. The Sanji yeah, one. I read that hard. shit the other day. I was like, "What the fuck?" I was like, "Food Wars has a Sanji spinoff." And it yeah, was so- like I watched it. I like I read it. I was like, "This is badass." Sanji versus Soma. I love that because Soma's my guy. Yeah, no, that that shit is hard. Shout out to the Food Wars guy. He uh dropped that like that uh supernatural psychic shit. He dropped on uh Shonen Jump recently. It was like a one shot. It was like right after the Death Note one shot with that took the world oh, by storm, yeah. and it was like a psychic detective who like shudders at the looks of girls and like is super horny to like not just <laughs> hot women but all women. Like he saw an old woman, he was like, "Let me, let me love you, girl." And it was just like, "Oh, okay, this is this, this guy." But not nah, super, super dope. But that's all really all we've been reading. We just wanted to catch oh, all I, up. If oh, go ahead. I forgot about one. I got one more, and this is just some throw it off shit. But uh. When we talking about like how the the uh mangaka do other shit, the dude uh Yusuke Murata, I want to say his name is uh from One Punch Man. Uh, I don't know if it's the same dude who who works with uh Mob Psycho, but I know it's the dude who does One Punch Man for sure. He got, he did a one shot whenever Jump Superstars came out, like the game, the crossover Sona Jump game, and he had like a one shot uh, called Jump Super Jump. Uh, jump superstars, whatever the game was called, Ultimate Jump Star, something. And uh, he did like a, a manga chapter about how like a kid was playing the game, got sucked into the game on some isekai shit. You feel me? And then he's playing with Naruto, uh, uh, Joe, uh, Bobo, 
uh, Luffy and Naruto, and I feel like that's just a hard-ass, it was a hard-ass one-shot of just like a uh, um, kind of a crossover between these three characters, but or four characters, but uh, the dude who draws One Punch Man drew it. So I would suggest... Uh, I'm not to peep that. Yeah, I'd recommend that because it's just something to throw it off, but it's really dope to uh, to read. You know what I'm saying? The art style was refreshing. Hell yeah. Well, if y'all have any suggestions that y'all want us to check out, talk about on the network, or just read or watch in general, y'all let us know at ChrisSGE at LynnBWT. Y'all get at us. But with that being said, let's get into the interview right now with Ninja Yo-Yo. All right, ladies and gentlemen, for this week's discussion, we always like to bring in people in the anime community. And I, and I was thinking like, yo, all right, well, it's... We haven't had many cons this year, but I wanted to bring someone from the cosplay community to explain, you know, how that how that works, how they got into cosplaying, how like how affordable is cosplaying for the average fan and whatnot. But we got cosplayer ninja on here. How you doing, ma'am? I'm doing swell. And how are you? I'm all right. Can't complain. As well as one can do in said times. That's what I always tell people. Word. Every time someone asks me, I'm like, as well as one can do. Like, my family's okay, my loved one's okay, and I'm I'm all right. So, how 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 has the pandemic been for you? Especially since no cons this year, and I feel the pain because I was supposed to do a lot of live pods at some cons this year. Yeah. So, like, I understand, and that's something that's like your bread and butter, and like how you make income. I I assume through cosplay. Well, at, at least one form. I mean, it, it's like a drop in the puddle for what what kind of, but I, I get paid for some stuff. Um, overall, I mean, it's been rough, obviously, on multiple fronts um, from the show, social aspect, from, um, you know, the content aspect, so on and so forth. Um, you know, we're trying all to make do and everything. Uh, I actually was a cosplay judge yesterday for a virtual con because, um, you know, people have got to... It was it was really fun. It was really cool, really inspiring. Um, all the applicants were super awesome. The judges, the uh, con coordinators, everything was as great as great can be given the circumstances. So I had a good time. How do you feel? And I think this is a good way to transition into a conversation. How do you feel about the whole virtual con idea? Like look, moving forward, I feel like that's going to be the wave for at least another couple, of, at least until next year. I think if nothing else, I think as we get back into the physical aspects, right, um, that'll still hold its weight. Um, I mean, you got cons like uh, BlizzCon and stuff that's been doing some virtual components here for the past few years. So, I mean, in addition to the physical stuff. So I do think that the two will be married at some point. But of course, for now, this is pretty much all we got. And so... It's just going to get kind of perfected. The more, you know, cons that pop up, um, the better it'll get, or at least the more the more streamlined it will get. 100%. I think the best con I've seen, and granted, this, this shouldn't be used as a reference because mm-hmm. it was kind of pre-recorded and it was by, like, a company that has millions of dollars to spend. But DC Fandom was really well done. Like, yeah. But it was it was one hundred percent pre recorded. If we're going for something more live, I think Comic Con at home did a did a did a fairly decent job for what they had. So moving forward, it's going to be interesting to see how how these cons adjust and how uh, we make things happen. Oh, for sure. I mean, especially the big guys, they'll they'll kind of nail that down pretty quickly. Especially once they see that they can kind of pick their own date and get their own hype. People like companies were already kind of doing that anyway they were breaking away from stuff like e3 and all this stuff to kind of do their own gig and now it's proving that 
if you kind of pick the right day and you put your bread and butter out, then it'll kind of isolate this like this like full spectrum like this this big bubble of like uh excitement just promo hype and everything yeah. all all above just one day on the end like dc ran the the internet for a weekend and it was just it was nuts and i think companies oh, yeah. are gonna see that like i would not be surprised if disney and marvel do something soon because like it's like they have so much stuff in the can and it's just like i know they have to promo it eventually but I want to start talking some cosplay. What got you yeah. into cosplaying and just give us that little story uh, and then how you choose your characters you do and just, just yeah, just break down the spiel of, of what got you into it and how you how you choose who you choose to uh, cosplay. Um, sure. There are two, there are kind of two parts to this saga. Um, my very, very first, like, I'm going to, like, get on this con floor and cosplay was uh, January 2014, Wizard World New Orleans. Um, I knew what cons were. I'd only been to one really small, like random Alabama boondock con. I'm not even from Alabama, but that's just where I ended up. So I don't really count that one. But the first, like, oh, I'm going to actually try to do something was Wizard World New Orleans 2014. Um, the process for picking that character, which ultimately ended up being Black Canary, was that, A, of course, I really love her. I love the character. And B, I was trying my best to avoid racist trolls. So I was like, let me pick someone with the name Black in it so I won't just be Black so-and-so because I just want to be the character, right? Yeah. And within five minutes of being on the con floor, someone made a joke, oh, you're like the Black black Canary. And that moment kind of showed me, like, I could just cosplay whatever, whoever I want, when I want. I don't have to try to put myself in a box for anything. So I kind of just started playing around with different stuff the past few years and then um, 2017, 2018, I was like, let me actually get more into the more social aspects of cosplay because my bachelor's is in public relations and my um master's in strategic communication was like advertising and i was like there's a way to do media relations and cosplay and make it work so that's when i actually started like putting my nose down and like trying to actually like conceptualize and put stuff together and do stuff kind of like my own like this is it. This is my brand. This is that's when Ninja Yo-Yo was born. Ninja Yo-Yo was not a thing up until then. One hundred percent, man. There's so many ways. All right, I'll, I'll touch to the business side after. But being of what you said in the beginning, I we, we I can't like help but touch on that elephant in the room. How being that I know exactly what you're talking about in the cosplay sphere of just racist trolls and seeing how black people, but more in particular, black women get treated differently by I guess the nerd community based upon who they cosplay like just talk about that and and just everything that's been around that because we've seen a movement of people combating that which I 100% support but then we just see like for example I remember when uh there was there was some anime character that that happened like a couple of months or like maybe like at the start of 2020, there was this big thing on Twitter and they were like, oh, she can't dress up as this because she doesn't look like this. And everybody was like, wait, what the hell are you talking about? These are all yeah. made up characters anyway. Um, well, that could have been any point in time, any yeah, year, because that happens all the time. Um, part of this is a bigger narrative on how uh, Black females are perceived in the country and in the world to begin with, as far as uh, attractiveness goes, sexuality, and just general stereotypes but we don't have time for all of that. But that definitely does trickle down to the nerd community and into and definitely into cosplay. Um, 
you know, we kind of lift ourselves up, you know, seeing each other and stuff like that. And for the most part, it's nothing but love. But every so often, there'll be somebody in the corner, albeit white or not, just hating, basically. Um, and it's rough because it's like we're all kind of outcasts to begin with. And we all are folks running around in cosplay and spandex anyway. Like, you really wouldn't think that that would be there, but it is. Um, and it's prominent enough that everybody's not expecting an if when you put up a cosplay, you're expecting a win. You're expecting someone to say something sideways to you at some point. And it's not being negative. It just happens to more people than you think. Um, but I would say me personally, um, I've the vast majority of the responses I get are, are comforting, empowering, and and it's really motivational to kind of stick with it. And every time I do get something slight, like slightly negative, there's like five more like positive comments to kind of embrace that. One hundred percent. That I love hearing that you got to battle that 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 hate with the positivity. And it's like y- y'all do a kick ass job of, of of cosplaying, man. So it's like they're just hating yeah. just to hate. Like for example, like look at your look at your Boma cosplay right now, kick ass. Oh, I just threw on this is. <laughs> And that's slight work. That's slight work. Yeah, you know, um, I mean, this is a, like, I did custom dye and cut the vest. Um, this is from, this is from my Afro Bulma, actually. Um, and the shirt is to represent Momocon. Because I actually found this on the con floor. It's like five times two. It's like a double XL or something. And I cut it up and shrunk it up and, um, I don't know. Just something. <laughs> talk <laughs> about a little razzle dazzle. Talk about a good con find. Now talk to me about just how the process of going about creating these looks for the different characters. How expensive is that? And like how your advice for someone trying to get into cosplay? Um the first things first, well, I'll say it this way. Like the first thing I do is once I get set on a character that I know I'm gonna do, um that I'm going to do for a particular time or event or whatever. Um, I set um, a timeline and a budget and I itemize everything to kind of see what I need and what my outlook is. Cause you know, homies got bills. So um, budgeting, I think is key. You might become, you might go over or under or whatever, but kind of getting a scope on that to begin with kind of lets you know, oh, I can do this now or I need to wait till later. Um, any cosplay can be as cheap or as expensive as you want it to be. There's no real rhyme or reason of what you got to do. You can make the whole thing out of cardboard from the back parking lot of Walmart, and it could still look really good. I've seen it um, look really good. Or you can commission it and pay X amount, or you could buy stuff, make it X amount, or you could hit up um, Joanne or uh, Michaels or something and make that. It, like The, the budget kind of depends on what you're comfortable with um as far as look and what you literally have in your pockets and you can also make that timeline longer and then you can budget accordingly um uh the farthest out i think i've planned out is maybe three months i've never really gone out further beyond that but i also don't do a lot of armor builds and stuff like that because some of that stuff i mean they'll start planning like a year in advance which um i just have not had the opportunity to do armor yet. So, <laughs> but even then, I mean, it's just, it's kind of what you want to make of it uh, as far as like what you're comfortable with. So I wouldn't say there's like a right or a wrong way to go about that. 100%. What, uh, w- when you choose between, because obviously we can tell you're a big anime fan 
And you said your first uh, cosplay was Black Canary, which is a DC Comics character. Yes. How do you choose between going either the comics route, the anime route, or the video game route? Oh, the first thing I look at is if I'm wearing, if I'm, let's say I'm wearing it for a con, it's definitely like what kind of con this is and the audience is going to be around. So for like something like Wizard World or something that's more comic related, I'm usually going to at least try to pull out the majority of my looks to be comic. Um, if it's something like Anime Week in Atlanta or MoMaCon or MechaCon or any of those that are kind of anime forward, I'm going to be more anime centric because that's the fans that's going to be around. That's going to be the people I vibe off more. Um, I definitely sometimes just do whatever I want to. And that's just, you know, you kind of filter it in. Um, other than that, I might think of stuff from AM versus PM because I am one of those crazy people that try to swap midday because, mm. hey, I get super hot or something and I just want to get it off me or uncomfortable. And it'd be, um, it's just another opportunity to to kind of squeeze something else in because cons are kind of your bread and butter for like churning out content. Talk to me about that side of it, the content side. What yeah. has been your biggest hurdle as a cosplayer making this content for your social media sites and for and, and for your brand? And talk to me just about a little bit about the business aspect of it and what advice you would give to a cosplayer on a, on the business side. Um. It kind of, try not to let the joy get sucked out of it because you get wrapped out, wrapped up in the algorithms and what's going to go viral and what do I need to do? Because then it does start feeling like a job and then it's not fun anymore. So um, I had to do that at one point this year. Um, I just had a lot going on personally. And um, I was still trying to generate at one point weekly content. And I'm like, hey, I don't really have the stamina that I normally would because I'm not off the high of a con or anything like that. I'm in my house. I'm still working. Um, and now I got to go home and put together a cosplay or do whatever, you know, buy a bunch of stuff that, and, and, you know, so I had to take a break because I wasn't having fun anymore. I was actually like, you know what, like I'm not doing this for the right reasons. So definitely rule number one is to make sure you're doing it, you know, for the correct reasons and, um, that you're having fun with it. And then secondly, just kind of study what does best for you. Um, I find it like my gender bins and my Dragon Ball stuff. Um, some of my uh, Naruto stuff um, that generally does better for me. And I do better when I post in the morning and Monday, Wednesday, Friday, Saturday, how <laughs> to do better. It's just, you, there's, there's tools and stuff you can look at, download the algorithms and all that stuff. But I just kind of put a little eye on it. I'm like, Hey, this posted better than this and this and and the other, um, while still making sure it's something that I like to post. And I also don't like to fall into a niche. Like I don't want to just be that Bulma cosplayer or something like that. So I always try to be like, let me make sure I diversify and throw something out there just to see how it does. Maybe people would like it if I did an animal crossing cosplay. So I, you know, threw it out there, you know, um, so it's really just kind of finding where you kind of fit, where you kind of vibe in and then just going from there. 100%. What you said about how, uh, you choose different communities and you see like how they vibe off of you and not, what has been the, uh, most receptive community that you've seen, whether it be like the Dragon Ball fan base, the Naruto fan base or whichever one, which one has been the most receptive and I guess the most embracing? Um, to say a community by like fandom i would just say community in general 
and that's definitely going to be uh just uh words like i mean um as long as you put yourself with it you know if you see something negative kind of retract but for the most part um i'm a part of some pretty big cool facebook groups and you know you have kind of the catch-all of if it's a well-run group the mods the admin are going to make sure that that bs is kind of you know shut off um but i've met a lot of cool people that i would have not met um nationwide worldwide that i would have not met beyond that um and also like i said other other black females are like always like oh let's do this project oh let's do this this is really cool and you know it's just not negative it's not very competitive which is great because i feel like there's we should all be able to uplift each other um 100 yeah no and then that's very very true tell the people where they can find you at on social media ninja Sure. Um, I am Ninja Yo-Yo Cosplay, of course, and I am on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at the Ninja Yo-Yo. Um, all lowercase, not that that matters, but <laughs> that was such an old person thing to say. They go on email, they're like, hey, is it in caps? It doesn't matter. I don't know why I said that. But yeah, at the Ninja Yo-Yo on um, all major social media platforms. Y'all make sure y'all go follow her. She has some of the best cosplay out. I really enjoy some of the pieces she puts together. But real quick, before we get up out of here, what's some of your favorite anime, if you had to say? Of like all time or yeah. currently? Just or... Of all, you can do of all time and then currently. Let's just have like a little discussion to let your fans know what you what you vibe into right now. Um, can do of uh, currently. I guess that'll be the better start. Currently, um, or maybe within the past year. Um, definitely Demon Slayer, definitely um, Dr. Stone. Um, what am I watching right now? God of High School, Tower of God, Japan Sinks 2020, BNA, uh, Doro Um, I mean, the past two years has been kind of a renaissance for anime to me. Um, it really has. Like 2019. Stuff. 2019 started it, and then into 2020, I was kind of, because we review shows like seasonally as the seasons change, it's yeah. like. I thought that this year was going to be kind of a, I don't want to say a low year, but like a, a slowed down pace from what 2019 uh, was. And we've had some some monster hits like Doro Hidoro is, is to me, yeah, up really for anime of the year right now. And then you see the Manwas come in from the webtoons with, oh, with definitely. the Crunchyroll exclusive. Those things have been great. Like God of, God of High School is, is dope, but what it really impressed me was Tower of God. Man, I'm a huge webtoon fanatic, man. While uh, it is like, if you cannot get into it, you are going to kind of get lost because it's going to be the new wave. Like this yeah. is the future of storytelling in anime and in and, and, and storytelling cartoons in general. I mean, people are already looking at manhwa formats or have started. They've been looking at K-drama formats. It's just, it's just this different kind of punch, punch kind of uh, way to tell things and it's really super dope um crunchy roll hopefully they don't get sold to somebody that's not got the otaku spirit yeah. <laughs> um because they're doing a really good job with these originals and it's super fun to see where everything kind of goes no it, it's super dope and i hopefully we get to see like american creators make because we're seeing so many people influenced by yeah. anime and manga hopefully we'll get to see some like american created anime out there yeah, we're seeing a little bit of it. I mean, it, it was okay, but Cannon Busters came out. That was uh American guy yeah. rolled over to Japan and made it, you know. So you're seeing some of that stuff too. Um this western this western um player, which I think is great because 
um, it just keeps stuff diverse and keep, you know, it expands and um, people kind of find what they like a little better by knowing the tone right off the bat. 100%. How's B&A been? Because that's something that I've been meaning to check out, but it's just been on my bag burner. Yeah, B&A, um, for as far as I can tell so far, it's just a 13-episode one-shot um, by Studio Trigger on Netflix. It is my favorite Studio Trigger adaptation. Um, I said what I said. <laughs> I feel like Studio Trigger t- tends to kind of, I don't want to curse, it tends to kind of drop the ball when they go full 26 episodes. And yes, I've uh, seen um, parts of, of their other stuff. Um, the movie Promar was yeah. good. So I like, I like Studio Trigger when they keep it, keep it contained because they, they kind of lose their minds. I, they keep trying to follow like an Evangelion format or something. Then they get, they lose me. Yeah. <laughs> I know. Look, I can't argue that. <laughs> I can't argue that at all. So uh, tell some of the fans out there with some of your favorite of all time. Oh, yeah. Um, all time, um, Cowboy Bebop, Samurai Shampoo, FLCL, Eureka 7. And I guess I should give it to some type of major shonen just to say that they have a spot. It'd probably be Naruto. <laughs> That's, that was funny. I really dug they that. You got to get one of default, default spy and come, <laughs> contrary to what everybody believes, it's not, it's not Dragon Ball for me, man. I just, I love the character design, but it's just. The, the story, I'm so Look, happy you said this. The, sto- the story is just not up to par to things like Naruto, One Piece, other shonen. And then if you go past that spectrum, like you said, with, Sh- with things like Shampoo and Bebop and, and, and Eureka 7 and all those things, like, that's amazing storytelling. Yeah. And, like, Dragon Ball just doesn't meet the bar of that. Yeah, I find that a lot of these guys... Um when they, you know, they're chasing the money, so they turn out these weekly, monthly, you know, um, manga, and then it just, it gets convoluted. They forget what color someone's hair is. They don't know. They forget a character exists, launch. Like, <laughs> just these things happen. And so, I mean, it's fun. Like, I'm not knocking it. Obviously, you know, I'm rewatching Dragon Ball right now, um, the, the OG, and um, I really do like it. And I'm like, but then I think about how big the universe kind of gets from there. And I'm just like, man, this little... This little, like, almost pseudo slice of life, little poppy late 80s, early 90s thing is, like, really cool. Like, but Dragon Ball's so cool, man. And that's the yeah. thing. It's like they expand the world, in, but they almost keep it smaller because we never expand past the, the surfaceness of, oh, this is a guy that Goku has to fight, Goku takes down, and then that's no it. Ever go- no one's going to ever be better than that so there's no point in expanding on that you know that the universe is big enough there's got to be someone as strong as or if not strong and of course there's a couple of examples but there's people that's gotta be better or whatever but you can't you can't let people know that because that's that's their homie that's their that's their protagonist so <laughs> they can't they can't do it like that that's why you have to do it like how like naruto i guess bleach did it whatever but like you know let them be the Basically, they God incarnate and call it a day. Just be like, yep, it is. Nope, he is the strongest. And then no one can argue it anymore. Just let it be what it is. 100%. Who would you say are some of the your favorite new gen main characters? Because we're seeing a lot of new flair from, from the Shonen world and from not. You can give both. Yeah. I am. I've never been a huge MC person. Like, I've never really got with the main character with the exception of a couple of people um back in the day like spike and um 
Lelouch was a really good main character for me from the mid-2000s, Code Geass. But now, the first, like, I mean, Senku from Dr. Stone was like, I mean, I'm like, I love this guy because it's like, it's kind of arrogant, kind of cocky, but not too much. But also, like, I don't know. It's just, it's, it's like, he's not happy-go-lucky. So it's like, it doesn't rub me the wrong way. He's not too sugary. And that, yeah. that's the homie. That's the homie right there. I love, uh, I've cosplayed to Senku. Like, Senku's uh, my guy versus uh, a lot of these newer kids out here. Um, Shinra from Fire Force and um, Ash. Astra, Asa, whatever, Black Clover. Like, yeah, I, I can't get, they're too, they're too, I just, I can't. <laughs> I, but I've never been a big main character person. Like, I hate Goku. Like, I, he's not the homie to me <laughs> at all. Vegeta's the homie, though. So, it just works. I, so, I, I do literally slightly off, like, I, I'll take the second string. Like, that's fine. I'm whatever <laughs> <laughs> i look I'm, i can't argue that i love me some vegeta again tell the people where they can find you at ninja we really appreciate you coming on the show and yeah just plug away your social medias again uh, sure no problem um that's ninja yo-yo cosplay at the ninja yo-yo on facebook twitter and instagram um my website is casmall.myportfolio.com and there you go Y'all make sure y'all go follow Ninja. Thank you so much for coming on the show. We're going to have to get you to bring you back to when we do like, we do this show called Run It Back where we review uh-huh. anime movies. We're going to have to bring you on because like, I, I, I love sure. your commentary. I really, I really. Thanks, man. Yeah, I, 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 I talks uh, hot blankety blank. <laughs> <laughs> you can curse. It's, it's no biggie, but. I, you, never, you, never know. you know. <laughs> well, well, next time, definitely make sure you can curse. No biggie. But. With that being said, let's get into the rest of the show. Finish up the show with our reviews. All right, peace. Shout out to Ninja Yo-Yo. Really appreciate you coming on. Y'all make sure y'all go follow her. Follow her cosplay page. She really does good, good work. But with that being said, it's time to review some anime. Yes, it's time for the review portion. Uh, I kind of want to start off with Fire Force. Because should we... Fire Force is the hard one. Should we go with hard, save the best for last, and just get, not got yeah, a high get, school let's out? Let's get uh, got a high school out of the way. Yeah, week, week this week. Like, this is probably their weakest showing so far these past two episodes. And I know people will be like, it's crucial to the plot. Yeah, it is. But still doesn't change the fact we had a weak week this week. So the first one we got is Close Friend, episode eight. Uh, the team led by Park Iopa, one of the participants of the considered a top key candidate, faces the team led by Gwim G. Gwim G calls upon his Sherrock. Jack the Ripper, but Yopu uses his antiquated uh, Tycheon fighting style rather than relying on his Sherrock. Meanwhile, Han is suspended from the competition after interfering in a match and hitting Jugok. Mira scolds him, but Mori seems distracted. Something he sees on a Yippo's back looks familiar. We've, and Yippo's the blue-haired homie with the uh, hoodie. We find out that Yippo has connections to Jin Mori's grandfather, who... Jin Mori doesn't know where he is right now. Park, um, the leader of the uh, the God of High School tournament was like, where's your grandpa? He got kidnapped and whatnot. And it's leading Jin Mori to constantly think about it. He learns about 
this guy, uh, Yupo's backstory and just how his grandpa gave him a fighting style book for his dad and how him and his grandpa and the homie's dad were friends. So maybe there's an, a relationship building between Jin Mori and him. And then we see the, the other guy who's supposedly like the top three strongest blue haired homie come in with his monster and Jin Mori and Yupo kind of take care of him really fast. But that's pretty much that all that happens in that episode. Unless unless I forgot something, Crystal, but I'm pretty sure that's everything. If you did, I would not I would not know because this was one of the hardest episodes to to follow and just stick with the whole uh, way through. Yeah, because the because the mirror fight happens in the next one. Yeah, for sure, for sure. Like this one, I didn't really care about the blue haired character. They introduced like they like they opened up some kind of backstory with him and you know, uh they know each other from childhood and his grandfather and shit like that. But uh they wanted you to like I feel like they just threw him oh, in there wait, and gave the Q, everything too fast. Q gets his ass bust in this one. The uh, the Park Mujin bust Q's ass. That's the other thing that happened. The homie with the glasses who got. Oh the, yeah, 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 yeah. He he got his ass. Park Mujin was like, nigga, who do you think you are? <laughs> but Q man, can't win, bro. that, bro. That shit was just the, the episode was just a struggle to get through. I like the la- yeah, the next I, episode, but. This episode is why we didn't drop. This episode is why we didn't drop anime talk today. It's because I fell asleep watching it. It was just show for show. It was just pretty boring. Like you know, I I was sitting there the whole time watching this episode. The main thing I was thinking was, man, niggas overhyped got a high school, bro. Like I can't believe I let it happen, bro. I let it happen to me, bro. I fell for it. But uh, when episode nine, I was like, okay, I was like, all right. It was they fell off for one week. You know what I'm saying? I remember I had like a feeling at the beginning of Tower God. Sometimes you just gotta let it go. You know what I'm saying? You gotta 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 let it keep unfolding. Exactly. What would you rate episode eight, uh, one through five? This is getting a low rating. I already know. We have three. a two, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> two point five. I'll give it a two point five uh max. You feel me? I'll give it a two nine just to be nice. Two nine three, but it's not over. It's nowhere over three. If you think it is, you're fucking nuts. The next episode we got is episode nine, cursed and cornered. After learning that his grandfather, Jin Tai Jin, has been confined, Mori rushes to set him free. Han and Miro await his arrival at the tournament with no idea what's going on. With Mori missing, Han suspended Mira's force to kick to uh forced to kick off the team match alone she struggles against her opponent marin who evades her attacks and counters with his own sword when he calls it the national treasure it begins to glow white and its true form is revealed mira unlocks her shirak in this one baby the first one of the squad to unlock their shirak jen mori goes to the warehouse where he sees his grandpa and somebody that's fucking with him is that click and then Jim Moore ends up beating his ass, then coming to the next the next fight and whooping that nigga's ass. Jim Moore whoops two niggas' asses in the in a span of 30 minutes. But Yo Mira does her thing. We see her Chirac. She has like, she takes on the form of like one of the amazing uh war veterans or war generals of I, I want to say South Korea, but it might be somewhere else. I don't know. She takes on and she gets her own new sword, and basically she's like, Yeah, it, it felt like the bleach scene where Ichigo's talking to Ichigo, where she talks to herself, and, he, and she's like, why should I give you this strength? And she's like, I don't deserve it, but I promise I'll get stronger and I'll do right. He's like, hell yeah, bitch, you're going to do right. And then she gets her Chirac and busts his ass. Busts that black dude's ass. Well, it wasn't even really the black dude. It was like a fake, because the real one was fighting, uh, was dead at Jin Mori's warehouse. But then Jin Mori comes in, does his little dragon technique. It's not his Chirac. We have not seen his yet. He hasn't unlocked it yet. But... Jim Mori looked pissed because he don't know where his grandpa at, and that shit's fucking with him. 
So for sure. And I'm, I'm not going to lie, bro. He uh, unleashed the ass kicking of a lifetime upon that random dude that was a part of that team. Because yeah. he kicked that motherfucker with that dragon kick and then he hit him with the double dragon kick. I was like, Jesus Christ, it's over for you, bro. You getting hit with double dragon kick, blue dragon fucking feet coming at your ass, bro. It's over for you. Yeah, and it was black bad. dude, bro. He was bad. He was all bad since he came out. Like he came out, he took off his little robe, and Had the crowd was like, Ugh. "Yeah." I was like, Ugh. "Crowd was like, Ugh. I was like, instant barf." You know what I'm saying? I was like, "What the fuck is up with this nigga?" Then they showed him. I was like, "Oh my god!" And then they showed his face. I was like, "Why is head like an egg?" All uncomfortable with this one. Like he just made me uncomfortable. And he he grabbed mirror, smacked the fuck out of mirror, like bah bah. I was like, "Oh why?" Yeah. It was it was hard to watch mirror get uh you mirror get, get the up. fuck smacked out. But she needed that. She had to grow. She had to. Unlock her chair rock and she unlocks it. And now she's so much more worth it. See, like she got them two smacks, and it's like it awakened that that ass whooping that that dude got. So it was like justified. You know what I'm saying? This was a solid four for me. Solid four of an episode. There's they didn't answer many questions, they didn't really ask anymore. It was just like, all right, Mira got her Chirac. Y'all don't know where Jin Tai Jin is. We'll we'll talk about that more next week. <laughs> Man, I ain't gonna lie, bro. I gotta give this one. I'm gonna give it a four, four, four point four. You know what I'm saying I gotta give it a little bit high, maybe four point five. You feel me? Because I really like this one a lot. I really like the whole action sequence at the end when it was like he was beating two dudes' asses at once. That was really was dope. Just back and forth in between two ass whoopings. I was I was loving the animation. Um, even the fight with uh with Yumira, I love seeing her come through whoop ass with the little the animation style of her ancestor. You know what I'm saying? It was like a different form. It looked like, but you could tell. Like she had like a, uh, what was it called her Chirac she waking yeah. her Chirac or whatever yeah it was just it was amazing to watch that like both of those scenes back to back saved my hype for God of High School because after episode eight I was like damn all time low for hype and nine revived it and it was like a defibrillator of hype so I'm my ready guy for was about to 10. my guy was about to cut it after one episode <laughs> bro I ain't gonna lie that was a low I'm sitting there like you know how they got those episodes of of certain anime where you gotta like you watching it. And then you just lose yourself. So you got to run it back because you're like, I don't know what the fuck is going on. Like, I'm not even really paying attention. This shit has, is, not, is not catching me. So I had to run that back like two times to really get everything clear and be like, and I watched them both back to back. So it's like the first one just wasn't hitting because as soon as the second one hit, my attention was, was caught. 100% yeah. there. No, look, I, I can't disagree with that. So, you know, but let's get to something that is amazing. Fire Force season two. I'm loving it more and more each week. It's becoming a fan favorite. Shinra's amazing. Now we see Ogun balling out. I'm hype. I love this anime. I really do. Episode eight, Smoldering Malevolence. Shinra hears a voice via an uh, Iadola link. Scott, the little uh, mole rat, tells him, tells the team about a mysterious woman in black robes that taught him how to speak, who repaired the tabernacle. The team's mission takes a turn when intelligence infernos show up at the oasis. We find out that there's a demon inferno that they have to take out. I don't want to jump too far because like, okay, so Ogan transforms in this episode, but he doesn't. That was this one? Oh, wait, wait, no, 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 no. That's the next one. That's the next one. I'm tripping, I'm tripping out because it was playing the last the last one I saw and that was nine. Okay, wait. He did so boot do- up this episode too, though. Like he whooped some quick ass of like the, the regular soldiers. Like they had a little fight with them. Honestly. Okay, so we didn't learn. Okay, so no, that's the next episode where we learn about like what's going on in there. So this is just the setup of us learning that there's a demon inferno and then setting up the plan and whatnot. And we learn about the, the lady who is like, has Iadola powers. Who uh who's an idola burst or whatever, and how she made the uh forest and whatnot, and how Shinra keeps talking to her. This is all set up for the next episode. The next episode is where she gets crazy. 
For sure, for sure. And I ain't gonna lie, this episode set up, like, I love the end of this episode whenever Shinra, not Shinra, uh, Arthur, that, because the episode ends with them, like, trying to de- decode, decipher, like, the little rocks with the numbers on them. And, mm, uh... The pie shit? Yeah, no, and, like, that's the last ep- thing... That's all next episode. No, that's how it starts off. Like, okay. the, uh, the end of the episode, like, the last thing that happens before the episode ends is that uh, they're trying to decipher what's going on, and then uh, Arthur goes, this is pie. And they said, What? <laughs> And Arthur just like he kind of said like the, a couple things like uh what was it uh translated a couple things and they looked like what the fuck how does he know that and the episode ended I thought that was the best like uh way to end the episode because it's like what the fuck how does he know what's going on and then the yeah. next episode opens and they kind of he really don't like he he kind of did but he kind of didn't you know what I'm saying this one I'm gonna give a solid four I'm saving my high rating for next episode because like I said this is all just set up we learn about another idol of burst. But the next one is where we learn some crazy shit. We get a mention of Joker, who's just been, hasn't been mentioned in a while. So let's get into the next episode. Episode. Oh, what would you rank this one? One through five. Oh, that's a good four for me too. Yeah, solid four. Nothing, nothing more, nothing less. The next one, episode nine, the core. Pan, Arthur, and Lick continue the investigation into the tabernacle while outside the rest of the team has their hands full fighting off an inferno attack. Shinra has an idea on how to beat them but needs Ogun to buy him some time. So let's wait to do the Ogun stuff. Let's talk about Lick, Pan, and uh, Arthur. So they're going in there and Lick figures out that yo, this is ran by a person. Like, they're using all of the person's energy to fucking run the Amaterasu or the tabernacle, the one that this is, and it's and it's like a siphoning of their power and they're a human sacrifice. And that was Joker's, like, investigation that he did on his own. So who does Joker work for? Does Joker work for the Fire Force? Does Joker work for the company? Is Joker just doing this on his own? Like, what's up with all that? That shit blew my mind. Human sacrifices. That that was like, all right, we're finally getting some payoff on all this Idola burst, Idola link shit. Yeah, we're definitely seeing, and I'm not gonna lie, uh, how religious this show is. Everything just ties into each other. How religious it is. It's like freaky how cult like this shit can get. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. I, I, that's that's what highlighted these last two episodes for me. Just the cult like qualities of the shit that's going on in this world. Yep, no, 1,000%. Then we get outside, Shinra's talking to her, and she's like, I can't give you a full evangelist blessing. All you can get is a second. But before he even gets that, he's like, yo, give me some time. Let me talk to her. And Tamaki's like, oh, I'll help. And and Ogun's like, nah, bitch, sit down. (laughs) Sit down for a second. Let me do my thing. Ogun, I think it's uh, Inky or some, it's Inky Flames or something. He gets all his his shit on Uh, it. It is uh, Inky Flames. Inky Flames, he does that special move. And we learn that Ogun in this form is as strong as Commander Burns, which is nuts. It's like, okay, this dude is like, Meets, uh, meets Benny Maru and Commander Burns in Shrift, but he can only do it for a little while. But we saw him whoop that Inferno's ass. He was just busting ass. And then uh, Tamaki helps for a little bit. Juggernaut does some comedic shit, but it's mainly just Ogun whipping ass. And at the end, Shinra's like, "Okay, I'll get. Uh, I, I got a second. I'll make it do what it do because the I because the woman has been." burning her power for so long is like this human sacrifice. She doesn't have much more time left and all she wants Shinra to do is protect the forest. And she's like, I'll give you a second. That's all I can give you of Evangelist blessing. So Shinra's going to have to snap his fingers or do the rock and roll shit and make it pop for in one <laughs> second and defeat that demon Inferno. If not, shit's looking bad. They're not going to be able to beat him. 
for show for show. I'm about to start reading the manga after this. Cause I gotta yeah. still have his next. You know what I'm saying? Like, <laughs> this one of them ones. I'm about to start reading the manga. Like as soon as this season's over, I'm not gonna be able to stop reading. Yeah, no. Stop watching it. That's what happened after season one. Just because people told me it was good, season two just elevated to another level. I'm deaf. I'm I'm fighting each week not to read the manga because I just want to enjoy the anime. But as soon as it's over, there's no there's no not waiting because like I gotta know what happens. Yeah, it's a wrap. Especially if we see Benny Maru and Joker and Burns fight at the end of the season, which they keep mm-hmm. showing in that intro. Yo, I'm not gonna stop myself. There's no way. Yeah, the intro was hard too. Like I've been I've been watching the intros because you, you were been saying these and shit. They do. What the people for? Like watching them like the past two episodes. I watched them. I was like, I don't know what was different about them. All right, all right. I gotta, so like, peep, I, gotta, I gotta go back to the other ones and see too. You you, know you gotta peep uh Joker when they show him and it shows him growing up in like then it shows Burns's eye. Like there's that connection. But in the beginning, when they show all the idola bursts, like they show that lady, they show uh fucking whatever Humea, then they show show, then they show Shinra, and then they show Inca. And then they show a nigga that's behind flower fire. We see him cloaked. Then we see another one cloaked, another one cloaked, and then some more pillars. So, like, the, I don't know if we're going to meet another Idola burst this season. Hopefully we do. That shit will be crazy. But I'm interested in, like, who's inside of the Matarasu back in Tokyo? Like, for sure, for sure. Does, did Vulcan's family know about this? Like, <laughs> like, there's so many questions. Like, is Vulcan's family evil? Like, what's going on? Like, they're just straight human sacrificing. Does the company know about this? Does the, the corporate, does the company, does the Fire Force organization, does the church, or does the billionaire, billion dollar company that, that supplies all of this know? Who knows? Because someone knows. For sure, for sure. And maybe that's what the evangelists know because they're trying to trigger another great cataclysm by using the burst. And that shit's going to be crazy, man. This yeah, shit with every nuts. answer, you get more questions. You know what I'm saying? Like, I like this way of the mystery unfolding, you know what I'm saying? And Fire Force definitely has more shit going on with it than I thought first season. Like, second season, we're getting a lot more exposition. We're getting a lot more action. And um, I'm liking to see the story of where this is going, you know what I'm saying? And I love that Ogan is a badass. Like, this episode's oh, yeah. a five for me. Oh, this is a five for me, too. I was about to say, like, I, I, I was thinking that since the beginning. I'm like, five, there's yeah. no way it's not. Because, first of all, you get a lot of exposition. You get a lot of, uh, like you said. You get answers. For the first time, you get answers. Uh, but then you get more you questions. You get more world building. Exactly. You get more questions. You get more world building to where they gave you an answer, but they did it in the perfect mystery fashion to where you know a little bit now, but now you need to know more. And it, it keeps you hooked. Uh, and at the same time, you're getting all that exposition, A1 quality exposition in an episode. With grade pumped A with ga- uh, Yeah, pumped with grade A action. Like the thing yeah. is, you can't, you can't, there's a lot of stories that can't do both. You could do one, then you do the other, then you do one, then you do the we other. We just and saw it with God of High School. Are slow. <laughs> exactly. We, we literally just saw it where they did one episode that was exposition that was boring as fuck. And then they Hard did the through. fight. And this one, not only did they do, they have an episode before that was straight exposition and setup, but it was where the setup paid off two times fold in the next episode. And it just was worth everything we watched before. I'm so like Fire Force week to week. Fire Force might be the best shonen anime released this year. It really might. Like, and I'm I'm not saying it's better than Doro Hidoro or or some of the stuff or maybe Tower of God, but like in terms of shonen properties, I don't know nothing better than it right now. Wait, uh, Overhaul was last year. <sighs> oh, man, that I know that, season four ended this year, but Overhaul it, was probably last year. Like, I think it ended. It started last November, year. November, December. It, it, 
it started January. It started in November, and the overhaul arc ended in January, and then we got the gentle shit this year. Okay, so there's there's no count. We got gentle. Yeah. Yeah. So that's what I'm not. I don't. I don't count my hero, especially when they do the half one year, half another year. But in terms of just what Fire Force has been doing, it's just been amazing, man. It really has. Got to give it its props. Got two fives from us this week. Chris, that's all we got this week, man. Like you said, I'm gonna be reading the Fire Force manga. It's coming each week. That's that more so than God of High School. I look forward every Friday to watch Fire Force because same. Like I'm not gonna lie, that animation with that whole Ogan fight was. They only had one. Okay, let me say this. If I'm gonna be negative, the first bad animation episode we saw was the episode the episode before the Ogan fight. That was the first yeah. one because it was ass. It was bad. Like it was like really the bad. fights. They were like skipping shit. It was yeah. weird. It was like that was, that was episode eight. But I get why because they've they've been using budget all the way up to episode eight, and then episode nine uses budget. So it was like, all right, if we're gonna slack off, it's gonna be on episode eight. If that's my one nitpick, it's just the animation was pretty because like Ogan's face was kind of like fucked up. Arthur's face was fucked up. Like everybody looking like I was watching manga panels versus watching. Yeah, it was anime. weird. It was weird. It was super, super weird. I was like, damn, the budget went out on eight. Like eight, eight didn't get no money behind it. For sure, for sure. But other than that, that shit was gas packed. But Chris, tell the people where they can find you at on social media and what you got coming up. Find your boy everywhere at Chris SGE on Twitter, on Instagram. You know what I'm saying? Uh Chris that uh Chris Space SJE. If you're looking on uh Apple Music Title, YouTube for AMV. Um, definitely got some music dropping. I got Grand Line dropping with Nick Grand, uh, uh, and I got a Rivals Two dropping with Fade soon. We still working out all the Twitch shit. We got a lot of videos about to drop as well. But um, I've been more active on. Cause I got a Crunchyroll, you know, the Crunchyroll account, the user account. So I made it. I made a couple um groups on my Crunchyroll. If y'all want to go fuck with my Crunchyroll account, I got a lot of shit up there. And uh, my anime list, I will be updating my anime list. Uh, .net or whatever, Mal. I'll be up uh, updating that constantly. I'm trying to get all my manga, like everything that I've ever read and what I rated and what I rank it so everybody can go there and see everything, you know, everything I've seen and what I recommend from uh, top to bottom. You know? 100%. Y'all make sure y'all go follow Chris on all his social media. Can't wait for Rivals Part 2. Super excited for that. A new running back between the boys will be coming out soon. We will have that coming soon. Uh, we'll probably... We're either going to do Boy and the Beast, which is an amazing movie, or Ninja Scroll. That's coming very, very soon. An Eden Zero video coming very, very soon. Chris is going to make a Chainsaw Man video coming very, very soon. A lot of manga content dropping. And like we said, if you didn't check out our uh, Five Reasons Why You Should Be Reading Kaiju Number 8, check that out on the YouTube. Be sure to check out the most recent episode of Bros Who Binge on the YouTube. But other than that, you can follow me at LinBWT, follow Bros Who Think at Bros Who Think. Be sure to subscribe to the YouTube because we got a lot of, lot, a lot, a lot of dope stuff dropping. And this Thursday, check out the Bros Who Think podcast. But other than that, for Ninja Yo-Yo, for Chris and my name is Lennon. You guys have a great one. We will talk to you guys next week with some new content. Until then, have a good one. And peace. Step in like I'm stepping out, dressed to impress. Catch a lady, wanna run, I'm out. Dipping, I dab, but never tell her that I'm dipping out. Like DJ Unk walked it out. What you talking about? Came in with my dog, we can't bark it out. Big blunt, spark it out. Rapper tried me, chalk him out. Big front page, fully who they talking about. Alien invasion, they singing, who brought the Martians out? These niggas mad while I'm ahead on where it hurt. Your bitch wanna fuck, cause she say I'm a jerk. Jerk, 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 yeah, jerk, yeah, jerk, yeah, jerk, yeah, jerk, yeah. Love these new boys with the skinny jeans. Only hit a baby once, not a bitch of fiend. Yeah, L spin fire like a finicky. Yeah, in the pack moving like a
like it's on a bean. Lame niggas always asking where the hoes at. Got a bitty with a mouth open like a gold bed. She cosplay, I'm on it.